Well, welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, which is a podcast of Perimeter Church. I'm Jeff Norris. I'm the senior pastor at Perimeter, and I'm joined today by Caleb Click to my right and Bob Cargo to my left, both of whom uh, serve with our teaching team here at Perimeter. And um, we do a couple of podcasts as a church. One that you may have listened to already is one that we call uh, Thinking Biblically, where we will take issues that are pertinent to the culture and society and and uh, just life of today. And we'll discuss those and try to give biblical perspective on those. And then we're doing this one that we're calling Digging Deeper. And this one is unique in that it coincides with our teaching series that we're doing uh, currently at the church. And so this is the first installment of the Digging Deeper podcast where we are uh, giving you a bit of a preview today on our upcoming series that's starting July 12th that we're calling Amago Day, which um, is, I jokingly said to these guys, that's just the fancy preacher talk for image of God. Really, it's Latin, but you know we, we try to spice things up to make it sound super, super fancy. But it's the, it's the, um, it's the teaching, the biblical doctrine of us humans being made in the image of God. And so we're going to be doing an eight-week series on that very topic starting July 12th, carrying us through uh, to the end of August. And we wanted to spend some time in the, each series that we do. After this series, we'll be doing a series on the book of Exodus. And in that one, we'll do the same thing where we'll do a podcast that goes along with it. And, uh, and here's the idea. We want to be able to do a podcast, not every week of the series, but probably three times throughout the eight weeks of the series, uh, where we want to come alongside and just say, hey, there's a lot that we don't normally get to say during a Sunday morning preaching time uh, that we that we want to be able to dig into. There's so much in, in these series that... Um, as, as preachers, as pastors, when we're preparing, we always go, wow, there's, there's so much I'm cutting out that I wish I could say, but I've only got 30 minutes. And, um, and so that's what this podcast is for. Uh, to give you today, the, the purpose is to give you a bit of a preview. And then as we come back around about midway through the series to dig in deeper into, um, into things that we would have said, but didn't have time that are just incredibly important. So uh, Bob and Caleb, Excited about this series that we have coming up. Uh, I'm going to be preaching the first three uh, on on uh, on this series, but then you guys are jumping in pretty heavy on the back end and preaching through some significant implications of this doctrine of the image of God. Let me start with this, though. Love to have a conversation today um, around just starting us off with the question of why is it important? Why is it needed to have a series, a teaching series? Um, on the image of God, why is why is that a significant thing we need to talk about? Uh, this is Bob. I'll I'll jump in with my thought on that. You know, um, one of the things when I have uh, some time away for vacation, I will like to read some novels. Now, my my speed is John Grisham. I don't want to think more than that. Uh, you know, get deeper, <laughs> get longer. Uh, but that's about my speed. But one of the things I've noticed every time I've ever read any kind of novel is this. Uh, the first two or three chapters of a novel and the last two or three chapters of the novel are hugely important. You could say the significance of those pages could be more important than most of the other pages of the novel. Maybe somewhere in the middle, you know, the plot turns and twists and you, you got you to get that page. But knowing how it starts tells you what the story's all about. And then, of course, knowing how it ends is the point of the book, right? Right. 
And so uh, the image of God is one of those things that comes up right there in the first three chapters. And so one of the reasons this series is so important is that in a sense, we don't understand the whole Bible and we don't understand the story of Christianity and the story of Christ without understanding the concept of the image of God. Mm. That's Mm. good. Yeah, and just it makes me even, and Caleb, I know you have some thoughts, but I thought uh, maybe it would even be good to to read, like just right here, Genesis chapter one. This is where uh, really the the series is based out of out of these well known, familiar, but so significant uh, verses here in Genesis chapter one twenty six and twenty seven. Then God said, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness." And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. So there's the the basis, that's like you said, Bob, that's the beginning of the book, the beginning of the story, this this incredible story of, of creation and fall and redemption and consummation that God has been writing from the very beginning. It all starts here with us being made as his image bearers. And Caleb, what are your thoughts as you think about us as image bearers? Well, I mean, I just, I think there's, as always, there's a host of things you could talk about with this, but I think the most essential one is one that we've we've touched on, but I, I really want to drive this home. If you don't understand this concept that you as a human being were made in the image of God, you're not actually going to ever understand what the gospel is about. Um, <clears throat> if you don't know what you're being redeemed and restored into, uh, you're not going to understand the purpose for which Christ saved you. Um, you know, it, this is a, a foundation level uh doctrine that not only explains to us the, the the overarching narrative of the biblical story, what it is that we are being, uh, we lost in the fall, but also what we continue to have, the, the dignity that remains with human beings, but also that we're being restored back into by the work of Jesus Christ. You think about all that language you see in the, in the Paul's epistles, that we're going to be conformed into the image of his son, that we're being remade in his image. Um so I think it's a, an essential piece, but I also, I think it has amazing practical implications for the way that we view um, ourselves, um, the way we see our neighbor, even those who aren't followers of Christ, because that what we're going to explore in this series more and more is the image of God is something that has been marred and corrupted by the fall, but it hasn't been lost. And, and that's enormously significant when you think about uh, what does it mean to love my neighbor, even why you love your neighbor. And, and I'll just say this in, in a, sh- a short version of this. Uh, the, we often say that the, the law, the Ten Commandments, is broken into two tables. There's the first part, which is about loving God, and the second part, which is loving your neighbor. Uh, well, the truth is, is honestly, both tables are about loving God, one directly, one indirectly. Because if someone's made in the image of God, which means that they are in their whole being, as a human being, in their essence, they image God to the world, then when you fail to love them, you're actually failing to love the one whose image they not just bear, but possess. Um, There's a reason in Proverbs 17, 5, it says, the one who mocks the poor mocks their creator. Uh, it's because they bear the image of God. Um, so these are these are enormously significant things, both for understanding the gospel, but also for its horizontal implications. That's good. I, all right, I, you said something at the beginning there that um, of when you started with your with your thoughts that uh, I would imagine maybe a listener is going, 
wait a second. Can can you? That was a big statement. Can you really say that? And and you're looking at me like right now, going, "Well, oh gosh, what, what did I say?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I'd love for you, Bob, myself, any of us can expound on this. You said something that if you don't understand this, you don't understand the gospel. Yeah. And uh, I could foresee someone hearing that, going, "Wait a second. Okay, so wait. Uh, the gospel. The gospel is that I'm a sinner and that Christ has died for my sins. And so I know those things to be true. Neither mm-hmm. one of those things have anything to say about the image of God. Um, so what do you mean when you say, uh, you, if you if you don't really begin to wade into this uh, this significance and heaviness in a good way of the image of God, I can't understand the gospel. Maybe we even go, well, let's define the gospel. What do you, yeah. you know to to then be able to say, what are we trying to understand here? Yeah. Is it more than just I'm a sinner and Jesus is my savior? Right? Well, I think that's a, a part of it. But even the, that statement, like if I say I'm a sinner, well, that implies uh, knowledge of a, of a certain thing, right? Like right. it means that I am something that I should not be. Well, what is that thing that you should be? Well, that's what God created you to be, which is someone who bears his image. Uh, you think about the language in the Bible of how a bad tree produces bad fruit and a good tree produces good fruit, or how you will know a tree by its fruit. Well, the implication is, is that the things that you do reflect something about who you are, right? So I sin uh, because I'm a sinner, because there's something in me that has become enslaved and dead um, that should be alive. Well, what's the thing that should be alive and free? Well, that's what God created me to be. He, he created me as a soul and a body, both in an intimate union together with all of my faculties and everything that I do to image him to the world. Uh, that was meant that when Adam was created, Adam was good in every way. His, his job was not to become good. He was good. Thus, he did good things. He, his, his role, his calling that he failed in was to maintain that goodness, not to lose it. Well, in losing it, um, all of us, what do we image? If, if, our, if we've fallen, we've lost our communion with God. We were supposed to be you know, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's what we were designed for. We've lost that fellowship which means because we've lost the thing for which we were made, uh, our faculties are now corrupted, our mind, our will, our emotions. Well, that means the actions are now corrupted. Uh, And that also means we think about redemption. Well, what is Christ doing? He dies to not only on a, a judicial level to wipe away my sins, but he also dies that I would be made new, that I would be restored once again into that image, that the spirit that Adam lost would be restored in us. I mean, the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He dwells in us, which means all those things that sin broke, the Holy Spirit begins to restore so that our lives as sanctification takes place more and more reflect and reveal that image of God in the way it was intended to be. And so I think as you go through all of these things, what you're seeing uh, is it's, it is the story of the gospel. And if you don't understand that, you're not going to grasp it fully. Well, and to, so that's, that's so good. And, and to say that Adam was good, one distinction that could be helpful is to say that we, you might hear that and we think we often tend to think of goodness in the in the realm of morality yeah right and so sh- sure yes but he was by nature before sin came into the world his yeah. nature was that that was that God looked at and and said according to scripture the only time he said very good after what he created yeah not just good and and so it was good it was very good and so Adam man uh male and female we were we were good in who we were before sin marred us and took away our holiness and our righteousness and our goodness. Um, 
but we still bear the image even as fallen beings. And that's something that we'll talk about in the series. But what you're getting at, Caleb, that is so significant is is what we have, what I have termed a couple of times uh, from, from the pulpit as um, making sure that I did this, what was it, two Easter's ago when I uh, taught on the four, um, what did I call them? I can't even remember, the four columns maybe or the four, Pillars. Um, pillars of the gospel. I think it was pillars, right? Is that what I said? So four pillars of the gospel versus what many of us grew up with, which is not bad. It's just not fully getting the whole story of the Bible, but the, the two pillar gospel. So the two pillar gospel is, is that we're sinners and that Christ is our savior. And yeah. so we believe upon Christ by his grace through faith, right? I came to faith through the two pillar gospel, right? I, I, I understood I was a yeah. sinner. I needed Jesus. But when you look at Bob, to your opening comments, when you look at Genesis to Revelation, there's actually four pillars, and I would even maybe argue there's five pillars, which is you have creation, what all is true as a result of creation. And one of the things that's true is who who are we? When, when we yeah. try to answer this question, who am I uh, as a human? Well, the answer to that question, first and foremost, comes from Genesis 1, not from Genesis 3. Genesis 1 tells us who we are as image bearers of Christ. Genesis 3 tells us what happened to us as image bearers of Christ, which is the fall, which is sin. Then we get the story of redemption that begins in Genesis 3.15, not Matthew, right? We often think that the good news only begins in the New Testament, the good news of Jesus. Well, the good news happens in Genesis 3.15 where sin has occurred and and, and God immediately gives a hint the proto-evangelion, as they call it, uh, people that are a lot smarter than me, uh, the first preaching of the gospel, which is that there's one who's going to come that's going to crush the head of the serpent. And so from then until Jesus comes in human flesh, uh, we, and then we, of course, we have the work of Christ in his life and his death and his resurrection. So there's redemption. And then maybe what I would say is the fourth pillar. So the first pillar is creation. Second pillar is is uh, the fall, sin coming into the world. The third pillar is that of redemption, the work of Christ to redeem us from uh, from what sin has done to us. The fourth pillar, you could even say biblically, is the pillar of restoration. And that's what we're in right now, that God is in this process of restoring through his image bearers who have been remade into the image of Christ, who are being remade into the image of Christ. Then the fifth pillar would be consummation when he comes again and all things are made new fully and completely. We're getting a taste of the remade newness now in us and through redeemed believers being remade into the image of Jesus. But one day there will be this fullness where all things are made new. And that's the end of the story. That's the revelation uh, that you were alluded to, Bob. Um, Bob, I'm looking at you. I can tell you've got some good thoughts brewing over there. What are you, what are you, you thinking you on? You can see the wheels turning in my head, can't you? <laughs> I think so seldom. When I start thinking, people can see it. So, uh, you know, actually, this series, I think, is going to be so important, not only for us to understand the gospel more deeply, but to understand how to share the gospel with other people. I think a hugely important issue for us in our culture is this. What is a human being? As followers of Jesus, as people who believe the Bible, we have an answer to that question that people intuitively deep down yearn for because they know it's true. You stop and think about it. 
uh, all these other worldviews, whatever they are, view of Darwinism, materialism, whatever it is, and other competing views too, uh, Eastern religions, they don't say that human beings are what the Bible would say. They're, they're views of humanity that are less than what we intuitively know to be true. And when we talk about what it means to be in the image of God, we're talking about what it means to be truly human and to be a restored image bearer is to be what humanity was created to be plus even more. Mm. And so we have a story of what it means to be human. And we have a story of what it means to be restored in those places that we know are broken. We feel it. We experience it, that there is brokenness. And we yearn for that brokenness to go away. Well, that's the story of the gospel. Uh, as Matt Ballard used to put it when he was here, we, we are we are glorious ruins, okay? What a great picture. Uh, there is glory about who we are, that we can see it residually, yeah. but those that glory is now in ruin. So what do we what do we how can how is this going to be restored? What's what's it going to be all about? And so I, I think this idea that the story of the gospel shows us how to be fully restored image bearers is is powerful. It, it it's attractive. Um and I'll, I'll just share this story. <clears throat> a while back, I was on a plane ride, got into a conversation with a guy next to me, probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, uh, a doctor, a surgeon, a researcher from Boston, if I remember correctly, brilliant. And as we got to know each other more, I found out that he does uh, surgery on unborn children uh, to, to restore you know, uh, d defaults that they might have or deformities that they would have. And as we got to know, then he says, so I've asked him, what do you do? He says, they asked me what I do. And that's always interesting. Okay, I, I'm a pastor and I could, okay, I can tell what's going on here. Find out he's from a nominally Jewish background. And I continue to talk with him and I affirmed the significance of what he was doing as a doctor uh, because of those unborn children being human beings and having value and worth and his work having value and worth. And the more I talked about his work and the significance of his work, you could just tell he he, he affirmed that. And I continued on basically to, to share the gospel this way. This is the story of the gospel tells you why your work is so deeply satisfying. And here are other implications of it for every person in terms of our dignity and worth. And this is why we stand for the dignity and worth of every human being. And then transition to, you know, there's something broken, right? And I just simply began to talk into things that I thought we all face, the areas of brokenness and where we fail. And it was almost like the guy was looking at me like, man, you're, you've been reading my mail. You've been spying into my windows in terms of seeing that brokenness in my family. And then turn the attention to, is there any hope for this brokenness? And turn to the story of Christ. And from this guy, I saw a look in his eyes to say, I would like for that to be true. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for, I hope that this series, frankly, will be one that for our listeners, that you would feel free to bring people that are not yet believers. And as, the younger they are, I think maybe the more they'll resonate with this that our story of the good news of Jesus uh, speaks into what it means to be truly human and to be what God created us to be. And I think people will connect the story of the gospel with things that they care about deeply 
And it could be love, beauty, spirituality, the meaning of our bodies, the meaning of our work, uh, a longing for justice, you name it. You know, it disconnects with all of that. And so I'm hoping people will invite their uh, their friends, uh, maybe if they're my age, their sons or daughters that are struggling with the good news, struggling with the gospel and Christianity. I think this could be a series that could help. Well, and in, in yeah, I, I think so too, because as you're saying that, what, what we see so much in the younger generation right now is this, regardless of religious affiliation, there's this this uh, this unity, if you will, um, that that is among the younger generation of just hey, let's fight for justice, let's let's fight for what's beautiful, let's fight for what's what's pure and what's good. But so much of the time, and this is not knocking them in any way, but a lot of the time that's not rooted in where it needs to be rooted in, which is the scriptures, and and even into this this understanding of the image of God and and who we are as image bearers and as those who know, <clears throat> excuse me, who know Jesus and are being remade into his image, right? And, and the significance of that, that then propels us in a way that is right and good and glorifying to God into those endeavors that are, that are good. Right. And, and so, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think about this, I think about, um, we were talking before we hit record on this thing of, of when exactly was it that the Lord kind of began to put on our hearts the desire to, to do this series. And we started realizing, wow, it was all the way back uh, last fall, maybe October, somewhere in there, October, November, we had a, a couple day retreat uh, as a, as a, we call a, uh, there's a team of us here that we call the creative team and it involves the three of us and some of our worship staff and whatnot. And as we were away on that treat, retreat, we felt like God was really saying, hey, let's do a series on the image of God. And little did we know back then how pertinent, how appropriate, how poignant a series on the image of God would be right now in July and August of 2020, given what we know now of um, just what's been going on in our world, right? Uh, certainly with COVID and all that comes with that in terms of people really, um, probably I think in some ways, they may not term it this way, but really thinking about the the deep thoughts of humanity, right? But then also obviously with the, with the conversations and intentions that have been going on and uh, continual discussions around around race um, and all that that we've been discussing in our other podcast, thinking biblically on that front. And so it makes me think about you know when you think about um, being an image bearer and learning to treat every human being an image bearer with dignity and worth, sanctity of life. Um, it leads us into this place of uh, of being. A fully Christian, right? To to be a people who who function with a set of ethics that is determined by the scriptures. And it really, again, is rooted in this teaching of the image of God. Um, Caleb, you spoke to this a little bit earlier, but if you have any other thoughts, I'd love to hear them. But you're talking about the second table of the law, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, any other dots to connect there on that would just be helpful as we think about this series of image of God and then how we love people 
Any anything that that mm. comes to mind? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's a, a couple different things we could say on this. I mean, one, if 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 you understand this doctrine and as it was as we were created to be, but also um, what we still have as as fallen human beings and then as redeemed ones, um, one, I think it gives us a sense of the incredible value, dignity, and worth of every single human life. Um, and I, it's funny, you know, I think we intrinsically and intuitively kind of recognize that. Like there's a reason, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago when you saw a video of George Floyd dying, that our hearts revolted the way they did because there was a man crying for his mother who's made in the image of God, who has dignity and worth. And that's a painful thing to see. Uh, you know, it's the it's the same reason that uh, we are filled with wonder at, as, you know, as I think about as, as a father of three and soon to be four, um, when you see a, an ultrasound and you see that a child in a mother's womb, there's a sense of awe because there's something uh, of worth and value and beauty there that reflects the image of God. Um <clears throat> But there's also this, is that if, if we are created in the image of God, that means that what we're being redeemed into is not contentless. Uh, it's not something we get to choose for ourselves. Rather, there's a specific shape and content and direction that our lives have to take if we are being brought into Christ. If we were created to image God, which means that our thoughts were after his thoughts, our wills were united with his will, our actions were expressions of his heart so that we were literally bringing his rule to bear in the earth, which brought blessing, that was the plan. Uh, then in redemption, what needs to be happening is more and more we're repenting of the old way we lived, uh, of the ways where we were rebelling against him and refusing to bear his image or using uh, that those parts that still reflected it for our own uh, desires according to our own passions. But those begin to be channeled in a whole new direction, which is why you think about the, what's the confession of, of the gospel so often. It's that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, well, why is that significant? Well, it, you're being brought into conformity to him, which means every single desire, every passion, every step you take is now one that is taken not on your own uh, recognizance, not according to your own desires, but according to his. And, and that means, again, if we're going, okay, we're made in the image of God, we're redeemed into that image. Well, then we have to ask ourselves, what is that supposed to look like? And you look at the the New Testament, why is there such a concern, not just with what the church knows about God, but how they respond to that knowledge? Because they're supposed to be his image bearers in the world. Uh, and that has a direct impact on how you treat each other. Yeah. You see this all over Paul's epistles. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, that's good, Caleb. Uh, great thoughts, man. Let me uh, let me wrap us up here. I want to keep this one a, a bit shorter than what we would, what we're normally going to do is probably somewhere in the range of forty to forty-five minutes. But want to keep this one more to around thirty minutes because it is just a preview. Hopefully, getting you excited about this upcoming series that we're starting on Sunday the twelfth. And and so with that, let me give you a, a little bit of a rundown for those of you listening as to where we'll be headed with this series. The first three weeks, I'll be kicking us off as we think about. Um, the image of God as we see it in, in Genesis 1 through 3. Uh, Genesis 1 and 2, we see creation, uh, how we're made in his image. Genesis 3, the fall, what is sin done and marring the image of God within us? And then uh, again, uh, from Genesis 3 and then throughout other places that we'll go in scripture, we'll talk about redemption, the image being restored in us through the work of Christ. And then from there on out, the final five weeks of the series together as a team will be 
we'll be addressing these these topics, these issues biblically. Uh, we'll be talking about image bearing and our dignity. We'll be talking about uh, image bearing and the unborn. Then we'll talk about image bearing and our neighbor. And then we'll wrap up the final two weeks with image bearing and our work and image bearing and creation. So that's uh, that's where we're headed in the next eight weeks, July 12th through August 30th, leading us up to Labor Day weekend, and uh, which is on September 6th. But uh, we're excited. We're really excited about what the Lord has planned here. Uh, significant, significant truths uh, that we hope to be able to uh, to handle wisely and, and uh, preach well, and that it would be a blessing to all who hear. And so be in prayer for us, be in prayer for your church, and and for all who will listen, who um, in this day and time, our, our listening audience has expanded greatly in terms of uh, because of COVID-19, uh, many are joining our online worship. And so uh, our prayer and hope is that this teaching would be a tremendous blessing to all who hear and that, uh, that we would see and understand that we are made in the image of God and that in Christ, we are being remade into his image and um, such a hopeful message for all that's going on in our world today. So I hope you'll join us. We look forward to, to uh, joining you again in a few weeks here. We'll, we'll do another one of these Digging Deeper podcasts to hit on more of what we couldn't say in our Sunday morning teaching. So uh, we'll look forward to that. And until then, God bless. 